Mommy, look at my boat. It's sailing. Introducing the Her Journey Around the World started in our overflowing bathroom sink policy from American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote. Find an agent. Visit AmFam.com for homeowners policy information. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Hey, it's Greg Talbot again. If you're someone that's looking for your investments to generate a monthly income, then listen up. The absolute last thing you want to buy today is an indexed annuity. Sure, your money is safe from loss, but it is locked up for 7 to 10 years or more. Plus, you have limited access to your money along the way, and the returns are pathetic. In fact, you will be lucky to earn 4% over 10 years. You can do better, much better. We work with one of the nation's largest law firms and have put together an investment that is designed to beat the pants off any annuity you can find. In fact, we're calling it the anti-annuity. You will receive between 8 to 12% returns that are paid out monthly with 100% of your principal returned in one year. Grab your cell phone and listen to a free recorded message for more information. Call 800-516-4748. That's 800 800- 516-4748. Call now. Doubt is a broken record that plays inside my head. I try to turn it down. Welcome. Thank you for joining us today. This is Authentically You, social interaction for the mind and soul. And you're listening to Society Bites Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Richard Himmer, along with my bride, Sherry. And for the next 25 minutes, we're going to talk about healing and growth from the inside out. And more applicable than perhaps in any other podcast we've done, you are 100% responsible for your happiness, joy, and well-being is on the table today. So we're going to talk about an inside-out approach to healing. And Sherry, I, I want to introduce how I even got to this point, and then let's, let's, we can go down these five components of permanent change. Yeah, because a lot of people just say, why is change so hard? They recognize it, they have an increased awareness, and they're ready to actually tackle change but they say it's just I try it, then it goes, you know, then I can't do it anymore. Whatever it is, whether it's weight loss or um, trying to improve relationships by creating change. Well, they say that they're ready, but are they really? And this is the, the the crux of the matter. As a general rule, humans would rather be ruined or crushed or belittled and sometimes even abused mm-hmm. than they would rather change. Um, the whole the whole point is that if we go and I think you were mentioning this the other day and from an education standpoint. I know from in my office, if I push somebody beyond their comfort zone, and they've actually quantified that. So you're only we're only willing to change up to 5% of our known of what we know. Well, there's a range. And so they call it the zone of proximity. That what proximity meaning the axis of change that you're really able to create is somewhere from five to maybe 20% new material, you've got to be working from 80 to 90% of um, familiar material, even if it means that it's possibly maladaptive. We're not willing to give up the 80 to 90% 
of what we what our reality is. Yeah, I'm doing this this emotional intelligence class and, and the, the participants I have about 12 people in the class often say that they hit a point of saturation. And even though they're willing, they're there, they've paid to be there. Mm-hmm. They hit this point and they just can't go beyond it. And that's not unusual when you do these um, like all day workshops. It's better to break it off into incremental components. So you basically can absorb in at most 20% of new material, a new idea, and new change. 20% seems like a lot of material. Right. I mean, that's that's the optimal that they're seeing out there in research. I don't normally see that in my office. It's I, probably a smaller chunk, isn't it? Yeah. And in, when we do that in the office, it's also incremental over from one week to the next. Right. But when you do, when you get beyond an hour and a half to two hours, that becomes very challenging for the person. But anyway, let's go back to where this, what was going on here. Um, I was sitting in my office and I was asked the question, what's the process of healing for people who come into your office? So I walked up to the whiteboard and I started writing down kind of where we start with and, and where we go from. And unbeknownst to me, I'd been doing this for a really long time. I just never, you know. Quantified it. Yeah. And so I wrote it down. And I came up with five components. Now, just like Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, there's more than seven. Sure. Seven's just a great number that he chose. So keep in mind. And if you were to put them all out there, it would be too overwhelming. It, it Again, is, proximity, yeah. you know, the oh, zone was, of proximity. I was just reading a book. It says there are, oh, it's, here it is. I'm reading a book right now, just going over. It's called Emotional Intelligence 2.0. There's like 66. It says there are 66 points here we want to cover with you. But if they just said 66 points to emotional intelligence, that probably wouldn't have been so. Nobody would have bought that book. Right. They would have been overwhelmed just by the title. But Emotional Intelligence 2.0 says second version. Okay, that makes sense. And, and then they can say, yeah, we're going to cover 66 or 60-something. So here are five components that I, I want to address that we've been doing in my office for years. But now I've got into a nice, succinct way of approaching them. It's actually made it easier for the, the client to grasp what's going on. So I want to start with a term that I hear. It's very ubiquitous. These two words are probably the two most unintelligent, uninformed words in the English language. And those words are, I know. How often are you sharing information with someone and they go, I know. You work with an addict. I know. Oh, here's my favorite one. You're talking to teenagers. I know, mom. Mm-hmm. You need to do your homework tonight. I know. Have you got homework? Yeah, I know, mom. No. This I know. Just think about conversations during the day between friends. How often I know comes in. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I know what you're feeling. I know exactly what that's like. So as a takeaway, right at the beginning, be mindful of how often you use and you hear the term, I know. Well, and think of the message. I like to think, am I, what am I training my brain in the moment? And when I'm saying, I know, um, I'm basically saying, I'm not willing to accept anymore. Stop. It's it's kind of a, I put a stop valve on. And there may be reasons, but I know doesn't really match what you're doing. Instead of saying, I know, like to somebody who's saying, okay, do this, do that, do that. And you go, I know, I know, I know. Is there a better, more valid response to say, I need to listen. I'm trying to take it in. Can 
can you slow down? Yeah, I wonder how many times. See, it doesn't really match the whole concept. I know. My perception is listening to you talk is sometimes people say, I know when they've hit satiation. Exactly. That makes sense. Exactly. So it's really a miscommunication that we're using. But in some cases, and, 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 you know, tell me how you perceive this. Sometimes we say, I know, because we just don't want to hear what you have to say. We want to tell you or we want to act like we actually know because we're embarrassed when Mm -hmm. we don't. Mm Mm-hmm. So I was watching a, a meme from Samuel last night. He was showing the ski thing. Remember that? Yes. The, what, the, what's those guys? Oh, um, um, Dude Perfect. Dude we Perfect. Love following Dude Perfect yeah. on great YouTubers. And there's three guys sitting there filling out the rentals for their skis. So am I a beginner? Am, am I, I one? Am I level one? Am I level, level two? two? Am I level three? And the, and the guy yells, okay, what are you, dude? And he goes, yeah, I'm, I'm expert. I'm level three. Um, And then the finally guy who thinks he's a beginner, maybe an intermediate, goes, yeah, yeah, I'm a level three. (laughs) What am I doing? (laughs) Well, that just kind of explains dude perfect right there, that they're always upping each other, whether they're capable or not. So I want to go over the five components and then we'll kind of break them apart. So the first component that we have here is heal thyself with an inside out focus. Number two is to increase your awareness and move to acceptance. Number three is to discover your authentic self. The purpose of the show. Yeah. Who's your, <laughs> what is your identity? Who are you? Number four, develop your emotional intelligence. In, otherwise, in other words, become a lifelong learner. And then number five is to practice deliberately or deliberate practice. So um, as we walk and we we break these apart, I want to throw out the quote that we've done so many times in the show by Richard Rohr. Life is divided into two parts, first half and second half. Change, in this case, what we're trying to do means you cannot travel the second half of life using the tools of the first half. The, the, The role of a lifelong learner is that you you're never satisfied with the status quo. There's always so much more that you can learn. So we wanna move down this road of, if you identify yourself as a lifelong learner, then change is going to be ubiquitous. So the antithesis of that lifelong learner is the I, being stuck in the I know, right? Mm. And shifting yourself like, I've already got enough, I don't need to learn anymore, it's all good enough. And maybe life is compelling you to feel, okay, now I've gotta do something, right. and now I've gotta learn. But when you're in that space of, curiosity and wanting growth, it's always a better place. One of the things, and I'll jump ahead of myself real quick, um, that I have my clients do is keep an awareness journal. An awareness journal for me is three lines. That's all. The first line is, what did you learn today? Can you say what you learned today in one sentence? Number two is, what did you notice today? Something new, a new awareness, one sentence. And then number three is how did you advocate for yourself today? One sentence. That process alone elevates your absolute, your awareness of what's going on during the course of the day. You're now attuned to what's happening. So that's a three sentence awareness journal daily. What I learned, what I noticed, and what I advocated. Yeah, because most people, okay, this is what I've noticed and then we'll, we'll move into the five steps. Too many of us go through life asleep. We're kind of daydreaming. It's like driving to the to the work every day and it's a 30-minute commute 
And you have no memory of what you just did. And we're letting life act upon us rather than us act upon it. Yes. So by by having knowing that you're going to write down one sentence today at the end of the day of something that you learned, you look for what right. you're learning. You've primed your lens. Yeah. And then you, you're aware of something new. Awareness is so powerful in the emotional intelligence world. So and that's not in today's conversation per se. But and then. <clears throat> the other thing that I've noticed is too many people don't take care of themselves. They're not really getting enough sleep, eating the right food, taking the time out for themselves. Um, that awareness ability to advocate for yourself by putting the oxygen mask on first is so paramount to being happy in life. Number one now, heal thyself with an inside out focus. Now, precursor to that is this is not simplistic, but it's simple. But it's it is complicated. It is a shift of focus. And it's a big shift, but it can happen in an instant once you grasp what it means. So I have, a, I have a story here to share. This is probably 10 years ago that this happened, but I've written about it in my book. I remember working with this couple, and they were really frustrated. Um, they were at a loggerheads. And they were working on just communicating with each other. They have two children, a boy and a girl. Um, and during the initial interview, the wife, when she it was her turn, literally undressed her husband and just tore him apart. She complained about just about everything that he did. Um, he was, according to her, the primary cause of their hardships. So I asked her, I said, you know, what is it you've done in the past when you've tried to work with them? And so she shared, I happened to be taking notes and she, she itemized about seven things. They were, I yell, I nag, I complain, I plead, I cry, I scream and I criticize. Hmm. So then she explained what he doesn't do. And I'm just trying to catch the, the spirit of what she's saying here. And then she says, well, he doesn't follow through on anything. His organizational theory is chaos. Those were her words. He avoids important conversations. And so I'm taking notes. And then I said to her, okay, then tonight when he frustrates you, what will you do? To which she said, probably one of the things I mentioned. So I asked, how have those behaviors worked for you in the past? And she said, well, not very well. And then perhaps not the most brilliant statement that I've ever made, but I said, then how will yelling, screaming, or criticizing your husband tonight change his behavior better than it was in the past. And there was just dead silence on the phone. And, to her, and she just said, I just never thought of that. Mm -hmm. but, and the point being that until you focus your attention on you, the oxygen mask needs to, it has multiple applicabilities. So let's break down that focusing the attention on you is not, it's not all about you, but. Not in a narcissistic that, Well, I'm saying she might've been feeling like she wasn't getting what she wants. No, it's about healing and changing yourself versus fixing those around you. And that's the shift of focus. And that's where the step two is moving to acceptance. She was in total resistance. And that resistance means she's going to carry that negative energy towards everything. Well, and she may not have defined it as resistance, but what really it was a source of seeking to control others. Agreed. Now I'm going to go back and address what you said. It, it's not so important that she sees it or doesn't see it as resistance. It's right. what is. Right, true. It's that negative energy that she was carrying toward her husband. And, and in my experience with these, this type of a scenario, 
it doesn't matter how hard he tries to improve, it will never be enough. Right. So her degree of insatiability in that relationship will only continue to escalate because she's so hyper-focused mm-hmm. on him. Yep. And it's a true situation of true brew of codependency because she's focused on fixing others, which means you're only going to see the negative. Right. And so we want to move to the next one, and that is increasing your awareness so you can go move to a place we call acceptance. And so when your awareness is raised, you see the invisible, you hear the unheard. Now, let's say awareness of what? It's really the awareness of that focus about healing thyself. So it's self-awareness, not other awareness. Would you not say that's true in, in this the, case? In, in the, the in, in a, order to get to acceptance? In the awareness journal, that's kind of what you're trying to exactly. be aware of. You know, it's okay to be aware of other people, but it's more important that you're aware of yourself, of what's going on in yourself. For example, um, let's just, for argument's sake, let's just say there's something that you do in the home that just triggers me constantly. It just moves me to get really frustrated. Well, one Oh, of the, like not turning, not separating my socks in the laundry? That's an excellent example. Can we just go there? So poor Richard here, I have a broken wrist. And here I am going on to my third month of being in a cast has had to take over a lot of household duties, which means his awareness of how I do certain things has Let's just say it's risen. skyrocketed. Yeah. And one of those has been discussions about why in the world you fold your socks when they're dirty right. going into the laundry yeah, so but, that whoever's putting the wash has to unfold them again. Yeah, it don't and, make no sense. Well, and, and like, so they well, don't get lost. Well, it doesn't make no sense to me. So the sock monster doesn't eat them yeah. so that they get in there together and so forth. Well, there's, you know, reasoning on both parties' side. Well, yeah, and I came from a position of frustration. I'm putting the, all the dirty clothes in, and I have literally four balls of socks at the bottom of the hamper all rolled up <laughs> you know it's like you're ready to put them away and i'm thinking that don't make no sense they can't wash like that now i have to slow down undo the socks and put them in one by one and then you come up and explain <laughs> well i've just learned from my personal experience uh-huh. i'm not having to chase socks out of other places if i do it that way and that was fine but the awareness for me was that it's it's pay me now, pay me later. Not, exactly. not in a bad way. It's just right. that you have to undo them eventually anyway. Right. <clears throat> okay, so there is an awareness. And yes, I hope you feel sorry for me. I've been in that kitchen laboring away. I do feel sorry for, for you. For a long time. <laughs> as well as myself. <laughs> Although, thank you for doing the dishes this morning. I meant to get to them. I just didn't get to them. Well, there are only three, so I could do them. Right. It's when there's 20 that I leave it for you. <laughs> okay, so we want to talk about, a, that was a good exa- example of awareness. Yeah. Um, now we want to talk about what is acceptance. Oh, I, I was in the middle of my quote. So I'm going to finish my okay. quote. When your awareness is raised, um, you see the invisible, you hear the unheard, and you understand the incomprehensible. Because if you don't see or hear what's there and you don't understand it, it's going to control you. So the question was in my first example, this wife was being utterly controlled by her lack of awareness, and yet she was then projecting all of the frustration on a mm-hmm. husband when she herself has so much more control over what's going on in her and her feelings. This is suffering versus pain. Just because you have pain, just because you don't feel good, doesn't mean you have to suffer. I was frustrated that these socks were not 
whatever. But I can tell you there was no suffering. No. <laughs> well, and it's a good example because there isn't suffering and there isn't angst about it. But it's one of those little problem solving that was unique. And after 37 years of marriage, it was new. It was new to us. Well, yeah. I didn't know how maladaptive you were doing the hamper. I have to come and fix everything now. It's a good thing you have me here to, to help you. And the ki- I can tell you things about the kitchen now. Do you want? Maladaptive. Oh. Don't go breaking your other hand just to put me in the kitchen longer. Okay. It's been suffering. Anyways, I will have to adjust when I get this thing off. But. All right. So let's go back to acceptance. If you'd be kind enough to just one more time, read acceptance so it makes sense. So acceptance is the ability to channel energy around or through the body and mind instead of collecting it like a reservoir. It is civility with boundaries without being flooded or giving away your energy to another person or behavior. Acceptance is the notion that trying to get out of your pain amplifies it. Acceptance is recognizing that pain, maladaptive behavior, and evil exist. But that channeling of energy and collecting it like a reservoir, when somebody is so fixated on fixing others, mm-hmm. they it really can become addictive. It is hard to let go. I mean, think of a bulldog who's got right. their jaws around something, and that's kind of what the nagging wife was. She was in that position. I yeah. can't release this fixation acceptance is living a satiable life that's an insatiable position to be taking so we want to move from acceptance into being authentic and finding who you are is really paramount to developing the second half of life toolkit Mm -hmm. so many people don't know who they are Um, and it's such an underlying what's a river there's this river running underneath and this river is who you believe you really are based upon your experiences from the past. What we're trying to do is get people to discover who they really are. Um, let's do smoking, for example. Okay. Let's say that um, we're co-workers and we walk out for a break and you hand me a cigarette. Mm-hmm. And you said, here, here, Rich, here's a cigarette. And I say, you know, I, no, thank you. I'm trying to quit smoking. Now, who is really my identity? Who am I identifying myself in that moment? I'm a smoker, just trying to quit. But what if I said, no, thank you, I don't smoke? That's a whole different identity. The identity is a non-smoker or a person who values health. Right. So I view myself as being healthy versus being a smoker. And so I think what we're going to do here, because we're running out of time, we're going to pick this up in the next Mm -hmm. segment. Um, But I want to recap kind of where we are because it's critical. I'm going to do the five steps first and then set up the next segment so we're ready to continue. And it's interesting because this heal thyself is the beginning place. Um, I know you're going to go through. There's the sequence that we're going to see as you mentioned them. So healing thyself first means that you're going to take an inside-out approach. And we haven't really unzipped that as well as I felt I wanted to. So I'm going to talk about the inside versus the outside-in. The next thing is to work on that awareness journal. Are you aware of what's going on in your life? Are you aware that all of your energy is going into other people's behaviors, such as um, the socks, such, such as the dishes, Things of that nature, are you aware of what's happening? Because so often we project on others what we ourselves are frustrated about. And then the third thing we talked about today, and we haven't unzipped it all the way, is to discover your authentic self. 
who are you really? The fourth one is going to be to develop your emotional intelligence. Create like to pick a skill that you're going to work on in emotional intelligence. Yeah, and, and what we're going to share about is just 1% a day. We don't have to do everything overnight. Little tiny chunks. We're going to learn the compounding effect because that's exactly how we got into our addictive behavior or our maladaptive behaviors. Frustrations in marriage compounded over time. Both couples come in with pre-existing conditions, but then they compound over time. And finally, deliberate practice. This is my favorite one. It's because it's what puts everything together. The lifelong learning and the deliberate practice kind of is the glue that holds somebody in place as they go down this healing path. So let's recap a little bit, Sherry. If you're listening to this, you know, and you haven't heard anything like this, but you want to work on some things in your life, what would be your takeaway from today's conversation? Well, I would think I would start with that first step of heal thyself. And that means shift the focus from being outside coming in those things that affect me from the outside and start from inside out. I can't emphasize how important that is. If you simply, if you do nothing else for, t- for today, you simply say, okay, what's pushing my buttons today? And that's all you ask. Mm-hmm. It's going to be better tomorrow. And then tomorrow you simply ask, okay, what's pushing my buttons and why are they pushing my buttons? In other words, just small little incremental improvements on your awareness will go a long way. You can't regulate a behavior differently until you're aware that that behavior is happening. So by just being aware, what's pushing my buttons today? Why do I feel this way? Is going to be a wonderful start. And then in the next segment, we're going to kind of finish out the process of all five steps and kind of put them together. So we really appreciate you listening to our podcast today. You can um, hear us on Society Bites Radio. You can you can uh, if you have questions, send us an email, drh at himmercenter.com. Now remember, all resources are within you. These challenges that come your way, they're perfect. And perfect simply means that this is an event or an experience that's exactly what you need at this time to come closer to happiness, to integrate who you are. Perfect is a mistake, such as rolling your socks up, that get a retake and then undoing them. It's just the sequence in which we do that. So we look forward to talking to you in the next segment. Thank you for listening. Doubt is a broken record that plays inside my head. I try to turn it down, but I can't quite drown it out. I'm tortured every day. These never-ending worries pulling on my sleeve. So many times now I was Hey, it's Greg Talbot again. By now you've heard our commercials over and over. We give people like you outstanding investment returns without the risk of Wall Street and without using annuities. We work with one of the nation's largest law firms and put together three secured investments that we believe are safer and higher yielding than anything in your portfolio. Two of these investments are designed for growth. One is designed for income. All three have targeted returns of 8% to 12%. And when you invest with us, we never touch your money. See for yourself what all the fuss is about. If you want to significantly improve your finances, then grab your cell phone and listen to a free recorded message for more information. Call 800-516-4748. That's 800-516-4748. Call now. 800-516-4748.
Introducing the Her Journey Around the World started in our overflowing bathroom sink policy from American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote. Find an agent. Visit AmFam.com for homeowners policy information. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. En JCPenney sabemos que nos extrañas y nosotros te extrañamos aún más. ¿Pero qué pasa si te decimos que tenemos una tienda abierta todo el día, todos los días? ¡La tenemos! En jcp.com o en el app de JCPenney. ¿Quieres un traje de baño? ¡Lo tenemos! ¿Algo para estrenar este verano? ¡También! ¿Marcas exclusivas y tus marcas nacionales favoritas? ¡También! Visita nuestra página para los más recientes cupones y aprovecha envío estándar gratis en compras de 49 dólares o más. JCPenney. Apliquen exclusiones. Detalles en la tienda o jcp.com.